We good? Bismillah. Okay, what is envy? What is hasad? What is it? Yeah. Okay, so hasad means, no, you might not even want, you might not even want it. Hasid, envy has nothing to do with me wanting what you have. No, it means that this person doesn't want the other person to have it, period. He doesn't care who else gets it, but you shouldn't have that. Now, we understand what envy is? This person, for example, memorized the Quran. He says, in, inside of himself, I mean, he feels like this person shouldn't have memorized the Quran. I, I know more than him. I was working at it longer than him. How did he finish before me, for example? How did he get this, uh, you know, how did he get married before me? How did, to the end of it, hasit is a real thing, and we shouldn't downplay it because it's one of the first diseases of the heart. But it's very, very dangerous. And that's because hasid intrinsically has an element of denying Allah's qadr or being displeased with Allah's decree. So-and-so got a new car. They got a new car how? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed for them to have a new car. You don't want them to have that. You don't want Allah to do what he did. That's bottom line for hasid. And that's dangerous. And that, that, that's a, that takes you down a very dangerous path. Not to mention that it totally negates the obligation of loving for your brother what you love for yourself, which is wajib, which is wajib in Islam, that you have to love for your brother what you love for yourself. So if you don't want him to have what he has and you are envious of him, then you are negating that, that wajib. So, yes. Yeah. So yes. So explaining something to them is make them more envious. We know that. Yeah. But at the same time we're not able to hear the relationship because we need to make it the Tayyib, you can okay. So So the brother's question is if you know that people some people who are close to you are envious of you, you recognize that they uh that they have jealousy in their heart, that they are envious, that they don't want you to have something that you've attained. But they're your kinsmen, they're your relatives, and you have to maintain a decent relationship with them. How do you do that? Okay? So, there's two things that I'm recommending here. The first is that you make sure that you hide some of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed you with. And there is a hadith which Shaykh al-Bani rahimahullah says is, is hasan or fair. Uh, ala injahi hawa'ijikum bil kitman. 
Seek to fulfill whatever needs you have by, by keeping it a secret. Because everyone who is blessed is envied. Everyone who is blessed is envied. At the same time, okay, so that's number one. Yani, you don't have to display everything. Keep certain things to yourself to the best of your ability. The second thing, and this is the more noble thing. This is the more noble thing. We have to have firm belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can't be one of those type of people who every time somebody looks at you, oh, I ain't, and you start running and you want them to wash up for you and you take the water and... Have husnudhan billah. Expect the best from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he's going to protect you. That, because why? You're making your adhkar sabah and masat. You're reciting the... Uh, and cools before, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but you get the idea, right? Surah al-Ikhlas, we say the cools, I don't know if that, that doesn't really sound right when I said it. I <laughs> said, so that doesn't sound right. Al-Mu'awwidat, uh, you're reciting them before you go to sleep, right? You have firm confidence and tawakkul that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to protect you, okay? At that point, and that point only, once you've reached that, go to the person. And say, listen, I can't accuse you of anything, but I notice that every time this happens, you say. And that makes me feel that there's a level of envy. And we need to discuss that. We're relatives. I don't want to hide stuff from you. I don't want to. If you can do, I'm telling you, you'll break down barriers. You will break down barriers that way. And, and, and that will ring through the family as well. And you just say, look, if it's something that I have that I can give you, then I'll be honored to do what I can to help you out or whatever. Like, just build that relationship because you have trust that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to protect you. The, the thing that happens with a lot of people that wallahi is that they think that everybody is jealous of them for some reason. And it's not even, you know, that in and of itself is a scary, also, that's, that's a disease in and of itself. If you have trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, believe me, Allah azawajal will protect you. And there's nothing that can... If Allah aids you, then nobody can defeat you. And if Allah leaves you to yourself, he forsakes you, then who is it that can help you after Allah? Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay. Number 29. Anybody have the microphone? You read, you read. Bismillah. Abu Azraq, Mr. Blue. <laughs> it was narrated that Mahmoud bin Labib said, What I undoubtedly fear for you most is my leisure. That wasn't that didn't come right in English. Mahmoud ibn Labid said that the Messenger of Allah والسلام, said, What I fear for you most, what I fear for you most is minor shirk. They said, yani, It says that Mahmoud bin Labid said that. It should say that Mahmoud bin Labid said that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, Nah, Fadr. 
what is minor shirk uh, mr allah asked he said he sallallahu said it is riya on the day of judgment when people begin to take the reward for their actions allah the most high will say go to those that you used to show off for in the world see if you can find your reward with them allah akbar collected by imam uh, by imam ahmed in the musnad and also graded as authentic by Sheikh Al-Bani rahimahullah. طيب. What title will we give to this hadith? Ardiya, which is what in English? Showing off ostentation. طيب. That is the title. That is the title we'll go with, ostentation. Ardiya. Huh? Why is riya one of the worst diseases of the heart? Yeah, because, why is it called minor shirk? Because in fact, you are, you are looking to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for something that only Allah can give you. You're looking to other than Allah for something that only Allah can give you. And it really shows weak personality. When people show off, it shows that they have weak personality, weak reliance upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are looking to other than Allah at the end of the day. A person who, for example, he prays, that is, he, and he makes salah, and he makes it a little longer than he normally would because he wants someone to think that he is pious. Why is that a problem? It's a problem because he is looking for a reward for worship from other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's dangerous. And this is why the first three categories of people who will be used as fuel for the fire are people who were showing off. Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala and he said that the Prophet said, the first that will be used to fuel the fire are three. One of them is somebody who recited the Quran and he recited beautifully. He's a beautiful reciter. And it will be said to him on the day of judgment, what did you used to do? He said, I recited the Quran. I, I recited the Quran for you, O oh Allah. قَرَأْتُ الْقُرْآنِ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say to him, كَذَبْتَ You've lied. You recited the Qur'an so that it can be said that you were a qari. وَقَدْ قِيلْ And this part of the hadith is ajeeb. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And it was said. And it was said. You wanted that, and Allah, out of His justice, gave you that. You wanted to be said that you were a Qari. So you got that. And guess what? That was your reward. It happened in this life. In the hereafter, you're getting nothing. As a matter of fact, it is a bad deed and not a good one. Same thing with the one who gave charity. And what did you? I gave charity for you, O oh Allah. No, you gave charity so that the people would say that you were generous. And it was said. You got it. 
That's what you wanted? You got it. So the idea of ostentation is extremely, extremely important that a Muslim is always aware, who am I doing this for? That has to be a question that you put on your daily routine. Who am I doing this for? Why am I doing this? And question yourself. Not to the point, and this is also important, uh, or I'll ask you this question. What if someone says, I want to learn how to recite the Quran beautifully uh, so that, so that I can, so that people will be interested in the Quran, so people will want to pray more. You know, it's, there's a difference. If somebody recites the Quran beautifully, usually, especially in Ramadan, usually the message is packed. And if he's not a beautiful reciter, I mean, you won't find the message as crowded, right? So this person says, I want to learn how to recite better. But I'm also afraid, I'm also afraid that if I do that, that it might be showing off. Hmm. So what do we do in this situation? Do we say, no, 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 just keep reciting in, in the style that you have and, you know, five people come and pray tarawih with you? Sorry? Make your knee a khalid, huh? Ah. Bas, Montez. E either way, it's a trick. If you stop, if you stop doing the good, I don't, I, subhanAllah, uh, a, a brother, uh, there was a brother I was trying to help find a, find a job. And I said, look, for certain jobs, you need to mention how much Quran you've memorized. So have you finished memorizing the Quran? He said, no. I said, how much have you memorized? He said, 29 Jews. I said, well, why don't you just finish memorizing? I don't want anybody to say I'm a hafid. You understand? You see how shaitan plays? So you don't stop doing good. You keep doing the good, and you fight any idea of react that comes to you. Push that away. Push that away. Keep pushing, but you have to keep doing the good. Don't stop doing good because you're scared of react. You understand? Don't stop. And push those feelings away, and as long as you continue to fight, then be idni ta'ala, that means that you're on the right path, inshallah. Right? The, the other thing that, just when it, when it comes to, when it comes to react, is that and, and this is one of the best things, subhanAllah, or one of the best ways to push off Riyadh, to recognize that your success is in following Allah's command, not the reaction of people. Once you realize that, you'll be more likely to do what Allah has commanded you and not care at all about what the reaction of the people is. So I'll give you an example. Some people... Some people, and, and, and I really want you to look at how Riyadh creeps in. Some people give da'wah. They go out and they call to Allah because they like the feeling that they get when someone takes shahada. Pay attention here. They like that feeling. Ah, this person came to Islam. And they like to hear about other people saying how he gives good da'wah. Oh, 
Oh, somebody's ready. He's close to accepted. Oh, call Fulan. He's a close. He's a closeout artist. You know, he knows how to close out the deal. Call him up. Tell you. Here, what's happening is we're responding to the reaction of people. How they not. You don't get reward, Malish. Pay attention to this. You don't get reward because someone took shahada. You get reward because you gave dawah. They're guided to Islam or not, that's in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's hand. You have no control over that. You have no control over that. What you do have control over is giving the message in the best way possible. So, what happens to a lot of du'at is that when people stop responding to them, then they stop doing da'wah, which is a problem. It is not your job to get people to become Muslim. It is your job to teach them about Islam to the best of your ability. And if that's what your heart is attached to, then your heart is attached to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the work of da'wah. I'm doing this for Allah. A thousand people accept Islam, or nobody accepts Islam, I'm going to keep giving da'wah. Do you understand? Now, it doesn't mean that maybe your methods are flawed. If nobody's accepting Islam, maybe you have to go back and look and say, wait a minute, am I saying this correctly or whatever? But the point is that what? That your heart is not attached to the response of the people. That your heart is attached to Allah, subhanahu wa Once that becomes the case, there's no room for riyadh. There's no room for it. Because you couldn't care less. They like it, they like it, they don't, they don't. I'm doing what I'm doing for Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Next. Hadith 30. Abdullah bin Mas'ud, may Allah be pleased with him, reported. The Prophet said, He who has in his heart an ant's weight of arrogance will not enter Jannah. Someone said, a man like to wear beautiful clothes and shoes. Stop there. What does beautiful clothes and shoes have to do with arrogance? Or what could it have to do with arrogance? Huh? Show off. Okay, so, so it could be, somebody could get the idea when they hear pride, right? Kibr. Because Kibr, arrogance, pride, that a person who wears nice things is proud. They're proud. That they feel good about the way that they look. Okay? So this man says, wait a minute. A man likes to wear beautiful, you know, he likes to wear good things. Is this also, is this pride? Is this the kind of pride that's going to keep a person from going to Jannah? Prophet Sallallahu responded by saying, Father, Allah is beautiful. He loves beauty. Allah Azawajal is jameel yuhibbul jamal. He's beautiful and he loves beauty. And in some other ahadith, he loves to see the, uh, the traces of his, of his favors to you. He loves to see them upon you. Subhanallah. Uh, imagine... And you, you buy your, you, you, your child, he has this favorite shirt that's been his favorite shirt for like the last year. He wears it three times a week. And it's faded, he washes it, but it's just his favorite shirt. And you're like, man, I got to 
can't take him over outside looking like this. So you buy him some new clothes. You buy him new clothes, and what does he do? He wears the same old shirt. Yanni, you want to see, the fact that it's like, no, we, we, I've given you more than that. I, you want to see the blessings that you give others be used. So this is just the reality. Even the Prophet said this example about Allah that when Allah gives us a ni'mah, he likes to see the traces of that, that ni'mah upon us. So if Allah has blessed you with wealth, you know, and, and, and you like having a nice car, nobody's telling you have to ride a car that's 20 years old and doesn't have air conditioner. Nobody's saying that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves to see his, his ni'mah. Allah is jameel. Yes? Arrogance means ridiculing or rejecting the truth and mm -hmm. looking down on people. So, so those two qualities, that is what arrogance is. It is the exact opposite of Islam. Because Islam means to do what? To submit. To submit to the truth. Arrogance is the opposite of that. You reject the truth. And this is why Shaykh al-Islam al-Taymiyyah ta'ala, when talking about the disease of kibr, he says that it is impossible. Uh, 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 he said both kibr, yani arrogance, and shirk are the opposites of Islam. So the idea is that Islam requires you to accept and to submit to the truth, whereas arrogance you reject it. And you belittle people, you look down on them. This is arrogance, not looking nice. All right? That is a disease that has to be out of the heart. You can't belittle people. The Prophet والسلام, in a hadith that we skipped, he says that it is, he says, Al-Muslimu Akhul Muslim, the believer, uh, or a Muslim is the brother of another Muslim, he doesn't belittle him. He doesn't belittle him. At-Taqwa ha-huna, the Prophet said, right after that. He doesn't belittle him, Taqwa is here. Tuck was in the heart. Why do you think the Prophet said he doesn't belittle him and then he said Tuck was in the heart? I want you to think about that. And I want an answer. Why did the Prophet say a Muslim is the brother of a Muslim? He doesn't belittle him. Tuck was here. Yes. Because if you have tuckle in your heart, you won't belittle someone. There's a, there's a more precise meaning. Yes? Best. That's it. Because externally, usually you belittle someone because of how they appear. You say, oh, that's... So, like you heard good things about this person, then you see him, you're like, that's him? Right? Because of the way he appears. And that's why the Prophet said, it's not about appearances. And why is that important? Because in the Akramakum Because the most noble of you in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the most honorable 
are those who have the most taqwa. So a believer, a believer does not have that kind of pride where he belittles other Muslims. That is arrogance, and that is a disease. And we have to get rid of that. And if you have taqwa, as the brother mentioned, then you won't be arrogant. Type 31. Oh, what was the title of that hadith? Uh, okay. Er, er, yes, arrogance. That's fine. Bismillah. All right. Yalla, bismillah. Let's go. Who's got the mic? Yeah, go ahead. Tauban reported that the Prophet said, the people will soon summon one another to attack you as people when eating invite others to share their dish. Someone okay, hold on. Let's, let's understand this part. Prophet says, the people. He actually says, al-umam. Yani the various peoples, nations. They will invite one another to attack you. The same way that people invite people to come, come eat with me, come eat with me. They're going to invite them to attack the Muslims. SubhanAllah, we're not seeing that now. Yes. Someone asked, will that be because of we are few in numbers in, at that time? Okay, so think about it now. So if this was anywhere close to the death of the Prophet, how many Muslims are we talking about? Sorry? No, over 100,000. Yeah. If, if, this was, if this hadith came any time close to the death of the Prophet, then we're talking about at least 100,000 Muslims. So, so now you've got this huge body of Muslims for that time because they're united. This is not like, you know, different factions and schisms. No. So this was strange. The Prophet is saying that the Ummah are going to come and they're going to invite one another to attack you. So that seemed weird to them. And they said, well, wait a minute. We got numbers right now. So they, says, they said to the Prophet, will that be because we are few in number? Like, what's going to be the reason? Why are they even going to think that they can attack us? You know, it's, it's like you have these super nations right now, right? And then you have like a small island. If somebody said, yeah, that small island is going to attack the super, you know, this superpower, people be like, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. Do you, you understand why this hadith, why they're saying, wait a minute, what do you mean? Or is it because we're few in number? Yes. He replied, no, you will be numerous at the time. No, it's going to be a lot of you. But you will be like the foam of the sea. And Allah will remove fear from you, the breast of fear your Fear of you. Fear, uh, fear uh -huh. of you from the breast of your enemy and place weakness. Al-Wahn. Al Al-Wahn. Al-Wahn. Into yeah. your hearts. Okay. So the Prophet says, no, no. There's going to be a lot of you. There's going to be a lot of Muslims. But Allah is going to remove the fear that they have of you. These other nations, they're not going to fear you anymore. They're not going to, and, and we're talking about a healthy fear here, right? And, and, and weakness is going to be placed in your hearts. Yes, someone asked. Someone asked, what is Al-Wahn, al messenger of Allah? What is this weakness? Salam. What is Al-Wahn? 
Prabhupada's son replied, he replied, loving the world and despising death. Loving the world and despising death. It's collected by Abu Dawood and Hassanahu, it was declared to be Hassan by Sheikh Albani, Rahimullah. At Tirmidhi himself, at Tirmidhi, uh, not, sorry, not this hadith. All right. So, what is the disease that we're looking at here? Al-Wahan. But what is Al-Wahan? Love of the dunya. Subhanallah. Yani. How do you know? How do you know whether you love the dunya? Do you have this in your chest? No, really, you have to ask yourself. Ask yourself. Do I, am I... Am, am I one of these people that the Prophet والسلام, is talking about? Do I put the world over the next? Do I put this world over the next? Do I hate death? Don't say yes. No, if you do, keep it to yourself, honestly. It's... <laughs> Prophet said, all of my ummah will be forgiven except those who expose their sins. Oh, so that's in the heart. Keep it in, you know, get it out of your heart, but don't let it come off your tongue. Huh? The, the, the issue is, this, this is real. And it doesn't mean that we're not scared to die. Yani, it's, it's okay to be worried about what's going to happen after death, but it's better to prepare for it. You can sit up there and be worried all day. It's not going to help you. It's going to help you as preparation. And so what, what has happened is, is that our lives have become very, very materialistic. Uh, most of what we do, most of what we do in a day is to support our habit of loving the world. And, and, and the opposite was true for the believers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Don't forget your portion of this life. What does that mean? To not forget our portion of this life means that we still need things from this life to help us along the journey. But this is a journey and it's going to end inevitably. And we're traveling where? To Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the journey we're on. The dunya is temporary. And everybody knows that it's foolish to love and to fall in love with something that is going to go. You can't be that attached to it. You take from it what you need to get you along the way. As you travel on any journey, and just imagine right now, if you were going from here to make Umrah, okay? And you're going for a week. Okay. How many suitcases are you taking with you? Seven. That's somebody that loves the dunya. <laughs> because you're trying to take everything with you. You can't. You can't. It's a, it's a quick trip. It's a quick trip. 
And what happens is, that's, and, and that came from the sister side, they, they, they don't carry the luggage. That's the issue. <laughs> the brothers have all this luggage. When you're carrying all of that stuff, what does it, it weighs you down. Well, lie, you don't want all of that stuff because it's, it, it, it becomes burdensome. Love of the dunya is burdensome, in fact. But it is part of the nature of Beni Adam, so you have to fight that. The Prophet said that if the son of Adam had a valley full of gold, he would be content, right? That's what the hadith says? <laughs> a whole valley. Well, like, you didn't even think, and, and you see it, subhanAllah, you see it, how people get greedy. You know, they didn't even think that they were going to, that this investment was going to work. They thought they were going to lose something. And then Elias would yell, bless them to make 10% off of the deal. You know what they say? I should have got 20%. If, if I would have just done this, I could have gotten 20%. Wait, thank, thank Allah. If the son of Adam had a valley of gold, a whole thing, all he sees is gold. You know what he wants? Another one. SubhanAllah. Nothing satisfies us except for dust. In other words, when you die and you're covered in dirt. That's the nature. So you have to do what? You have to fight that and attach yourself to the hereafter. Allah Mustafa. We got to keep it moving. It's 547. And those were, those were diseases of the heart. Right now we want to talk about death of the heart. 32. 32. We're going to skip 33 because it's longer. 32. Yalla bismillah. Read. Somebody. Anybody. Yes. Go ahead. Abu Huraira narrated that the messenger of, messenger of Allah said, Verily, when the slave of Allah commits a sin, a black spot appears on his heart. When he refrains from it, seek forgiveness and repents. His heart is polished, cleaned. Okay, so what, what, what has to happen for after a person commits a sin? The Prophet ﷺ told us how to get rid of that sin because it's going it's to start collecting. Right? How do you get rid of that sin? You refrain from it, number one. Al-Iqla'. You stop doing the sin. He seeks forgiveness. Yastaghfir. Right? We are two. And he repents. So then what happens? The heart is clean again. Go ahead. But, he, but, he, but if he returns... He goes it, back and he does the sin again or does some other sins. It increases until it covers his entire heart. Yes. And that is the ran which Allah mentioned. Nay, but on their heart is the ran which they used to earn. Kalla bal rana ala kulubihim. Ma kanu yaksibun. And so the entire heart becomes encompassed by sins and transgression. Okay, and this is collected by a Tirmidhi who graded the hadith Hazan Sahih. Uh, what, what do you see here? What you see is that if a person continues to sin and does not repent and he does major sins and he doesn't repent, then eventually 
the heart is covered and it's dead. Subhanallah. Yani it goes from being diseased to dying. And so the importance of repentance and warding off heart failure, the importance of repentance, turning 